appreciate your pastor. Um, we're nothing alike, but when I grow up, I want to be like him. Uh, I found out today, matter of fact, I thought about just calling my church and resigning and start tending church here so I could learn from uh, uh, Brother Dornbach because, my goodness, he's got his stuff together. And uh, I'm just now figuring out what I'm going to preach tonight. So <laughs> I was. that's one of those times when you start hoping that the sing, the praise team just lifts the roof off. And, and uh, you know, but I'm just teasing. I appreciate you spending time with me today. And you have a great pastor. And uh, you will see revival here in Liberty. Amen. You will. You will. Amen, amen. Thank you for having me, giving me the opportunity. Great praise team, beautiful facility. And uh, again, uh, his organization is just, I guess you can be jealous and it not be bad. I hope so because I am. But uh, uh, amen. Good to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. Good looking crowd. You all come in about the same timetable our people do. And uh, I was looking like at 10 tilled and I'm thinking, hmm. Ah. I feel right at home, <laughs> and uh, and then I, I have I have a shift that just comes in periodically throughout the service, and uh, so uh, I, we'll see if you all have that shift here, Amen. I don't know if you say Philemon, Philemon, Philemon. I'm gonna call him Philemon now. Somebody said that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. One chapter in the New Testament, verse number six. It's where we will go tonight. I like to teach, but I forget I'm teaching sometimes and start preaching. So if I do, just humor me. And if you say amen like three times, um, I'll just keep going and keep going and keep going. So amen. So everybody just say it quietly and we'll get out of here on time. That's, that, I'm just teasing. But uh, Philemon chapter only, verse number six. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging or the recognition of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. I want to speak for a little while tonight on acknowledging everything he is in me acknowledging everything he is in me lord we love you we appreciate you and you honor you thank you for this this spirit that has been cultivated by the praise team and the worship and thankful god for what we feel here tonight i pray lord that you'll minister through us uh, there's somebody here that needs to hear the word somebody here that needs to be changed by what they hear tonight pray you'll anoint these lips of clay to deliver this marvelously powerfully anointed word it's in jesus name that we pray amen 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 please be seated amen amen i'm not a td jakes preacher uh but uh i forgot my handkerchief so i went to ross and bought some washcloths i'll take them home to my wife after i get through <laughs> yep i'm not like brother dornbach amen <laughs> The book of Philemon 
is a letter that's written from the Apostle Paul on behalf of Onesimus. And uh, it's written to a man named Philemon. Now Onesimus was Philemon's slave and he ran away from him. Now what we know from this chapter is Onesimus was not a good worker, pretty much useless. He probably stole from Philemon, especially when he ran away. He was discontented and difficult, which lets us know he's probably a troublemaker. And there is no evidence that Philemon was even looking for him when he ran away. There's a good chance that Philemon thought he was better off without Onesimus hanging around. But he ran away and he found his way to Rome. Now I want to let you know that Rome was 1,311 miles away from where Philemon lived in Colossae. Now it was a common thing that, that Onesimus did in running away because there were at that time nearly 100,000 people living in Rome in the same state that Onesimus was. They ran away in droves to Rome, living a vagabond existence. Perhaps you might acquaint it to the homelessness that we are all so familiar with in our country. The Apostle Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, and right now he is in prison. He is in house arrest. He is able to have guests come to him, but he can't leave. It is probably, most possibly, or, or most probably his very first of many imprisonments. But I want you to notice that with limited communication amidst people running in the hundreds of thousands, that Onesimus, the runaway slave of Philemon, is connected to Paul. If I could leave something with you right this minute, I want you to know that you're going to pass people on your way home tonight. You're going to pass people in the store, perhaps. Perhaps some that you may eat or whatever you have going on tonight that God started them on a journey and it was intended to collide with you. I want to let somebody in the house know right now that God wants to use you and he wants to use you to touch strangers. He wants to use you to touch friends. I wish somebody would realize that the power of the Holy Ghost in us is not just to make us look right, but it's to make us act right. And acting right in our world full of the Holy Ghost means people's lives are changed when they come in contact with us. Philemon was from Colossae. He has been born again. He was led to Jesus Christ by Paul. He was fairly well to do. He was loved by the brethren and he was active in the work of the gospel and the care of the saints. Now Philemon was also accustomed to subservience to his authority. And he viewed those under his authority as beneath him. Before we judge him too harshly, we got to have a better understanding of the culture in which he lived and functioned. I really don't blame Onesimus for running away. Because the way of the world was under Roman law, slaves could be treated as poorly as you wanted to treat them. You could hit them, you could beat them, you could do anything. You could deprive them of necessary food and water. Hear me, under the Roman law, you could kill your slave and nobody cared. No wonder Onesimus ran away. So now Paul addresses his letter to Philemon. 
as well as Aphia, who's probably Philemon's wife, and Archippus, who's possibly Philemon's son, and all the attendees of the church which meets in their house on the behalf of a runaway slave, a worthless, useless runaway slave named Onesimus. Onesimus got connected to Paul while Paul was under house arrest. Now, obviously, the pandemic is viewed a little bit differently up here than it is down my way because we don't have to wear masks anymore. Thank God. But I want you to know that as Paul was under house arrest, he got connected to Onesimus without the internet, without the phone, without any help, and without being able to go out and search, God brought Onesimus into connection with Paul. Don't you mis, uh, 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 misinterpret or don't you misunderstand the impact of the seeds that God was planting while we were locked up in our house? I don't think you heard me right then. Don't you misunderstand the power of the seeds that were planted when we couldn't get out. I want you to know that hell thought, just thought he shut the church down, but I am persuaded that he actually saw the church be loosed into a new dimension of revival and a power demonstrated and manifested in the men and women of God that they didn't know they had. While Onesimus is connected to Paul, I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost. I was scared to death when I first got up here. Can't help it. Onesimus has been connected to Paul. And when he got connected to Paul, while Paul was in prison, I want you to know you don't have... You don't have to get victory from what you're going through for God to be able to use you. Stop waiting on your testimony because it's coming. But let God use you right now while you're in the middle of your problem, while you're in the middle of your trial, while Paul was locked up in jail, God was still using him. The book says, I will work and who will stop me? I wish we as a church would realize that every day we live our life, regardless of our circumstances, the power of God will change somebody's life. Verse number 10, Paul declares what happened. He said, I beseech you, Philemon, for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. And when I started studying this, this is what I wanted to preach, that Paul won him to the Lord while he was locked up in prison. Paul won Onesimus to the Lord. I've read, I don't know if you've read or not, but I've read Fox's Book of Martyrs, and it tells me that the Apostle Paul got so good at winning people to the Lord while he was in jail that they had to put his guards on about a four-hour schedule because if they left them there longer than four hours, Paul would have them prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Huh? That's the same Holy Ghost that you and I have. That's the same power of God that is within us. Ladies and gentlemen, you can change your world. He said, I have begotten him in my bonds. Of course, begotten being a birth term. And it speaks of Paul having led Onesimus to Jesus via the new birth. 
I want you to know that the power of God was at work on Paul. It was at work on Onesimus. And it was going to be at work on Philemon. Because he says in verse number 11, introducing Onesimus to Philemon. He said, which in time past. Oh, aren't you so glad that we got a past? Uh, aren't you glad we got a past and it's gone? Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us whiter than snow? Thank God I'm not what I used to be. He said, Onesimus in times past was to thee unprofitable. But now. But now. He is profitable to you and to me. There's a powerful statement that's here. Brother Dornbach, what Paul is saying to Philemon is, this is not just a statement of faith. I'm not just hoping for the best when I send Onesimus back to you. But while I've been in prison, I've been teaching him some things. And I've been doing a work on him. Do you understand that the Apostle Paul was discipling Onesimus while he was locked up in jail? i got to let you know the devil don't have nothing that can stop revival into this world if we will just acknowledge and realize what's in us. He didn't just win him to the Lord in jail. He was able to start discipling him in jail. It's not just a statement of faith, but the discipleship process has been activated and is showing fruit. Onesimus is different. Now, ironically enough, Onesimus has a meaning. And the name Onesimus means profitable. Profitable. Now, the Apostle Paul very clearly says Onesimus wasn't living up to his name. But is it not a blessing and a beautiful thing to us to realize that when the Lord moves into your life, it's not something new happening to him or happening before him. But there is a purpose that is in your life that is from the foundation of the world. Do you and I need, we need to realize that when we come to the Lord and are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he does not start thumbing through his catalog and say, what can I do for them? But the prophet Jeremiah said, I'm young and I'm not qualified. And the Lord said, look at here. He said, before you was ever in your mama, I knew you and I sanctified you while you was in your mama. Stop making excuses about why you can't do it. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you to get right here because i got a work for you to do. I've got a purpose and I've got a destiny for you. It is the desire of God to bring us back to our created purpose. Onesimus means profitable, but he wasn't. He was unprofitable. He did not carry his weight. Most likely it cost Philemon to care for him. But now, Onesimus has been changed. Not just spiritually, but in every way. I want that to sink into you. We need a revival of faith in the power of God to change a life completely. We need a revival of faith in the power of God to change a life completely. I do not speak for your pastor when I say this. I 
think myself happy, I can speak for myself. But I am sick and tired of feeling like I need to apologize for what God has not done or what he may not do. I want to declare with every fiber of my being and every bit of faith that the Holy Ghost has accomplished in me that I do not, we do not need to apologize to anybody. If the Lord ain't done it, we've got to believe he just ain't done it yet. If the Lord hasn't done it, we've got to believe he hasn't done it yet. We've got to keep holding on. Pastor, we got to keep hoping. we got to keep hoping. And our hope is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, that entereth into that which is in the veil. God changes lives. He changes them completely. Now, you bless me today with a testimony, and, and uh, I, get, I, I like this so much. Everybody is not going to get changed at the same pace. I'm glad of that. Because I got to tell you, I'm a little slow. Paul sends this letter along with the letter to the Ephesians at the same time and the letter to the Colossians with Tychicus and Onesimus. There's a readily apparent purpose that Onesimus comes back because he's got to make things right with Philemon. I guess I'm fixing to wrap this up in just a minute with the entire purpose of this word tonight. The readily apparent purpose is Onesimus stole from Philemon. He ran off, quit working for him. When he was there, he was useless. He was no good. He got the Holy Ghost. He's been discipled. Now he's a good worker. He's been helping the Apostle Paul. And now Paul tells him, you got to go home and you got to make things right. That's the readily apparent purpose. But there's an underlying purpose. You see, Paul has begun to value Onesimus as a servant of God. He clearly declares to Philemon that he expects him to forgive Onesimus and then to restore him and to acknowledge him as a brother rather than a slave. Verse number 6, our text tells us why. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, the Greek lexicon on BibleHub.com, which is my saving grace, says, oh, Lord, that the fellowship of your faith might become effective as you acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ. Now hear this. The plan of Paul was that the changed Onesimus would come and make things right with Philemon. But there was also something in Philemon that needed to be changed by being exposed to the new Onesimus. Paul saw the opportunity to draw something out of Philemon that was already in him when he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. When we are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, everything we need to fulfill our purpose in Jesus Christ resides within us. We just don't always know it.
We just don't always recognize it. The cultural mores of Philemon's society and the desire of God through the infilling of the Holy Ghost to not only change an individual but by strategically choosing the right individual to change the culture. Do you understand? That Philemon is a leader in the church. He is filled with the Holy Ghost. He is born again. The brethren love him. But Onesimus had to run away to Rome to find Jesus. The deeply ingrained traditions and mores of our culture hinder the work of God from working in us because we're afraid that we're betraying our heritage and we're betraying what we've been taught. And Philemon never occurred to him that Onesimus had potential as a child of God because there was a barrier between the cultures. But Paul, I feel Jesus right now, Paul sent Onesimus back to Philemon to show him that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Do you please grasp what I'm telling us right now? A new president is not going to change the world. A new Supreme Court is not going to change the world. But a mobilized church that comes to the realization and the acknowledgement that Christ in me, the hope of glory, is everything this world needs. Paul does not hide his intentions. And he stops just short of demanding that Philemon view Onesimus through the same lens he does. He doesn't, he doesn't demand, you just got to love him. You got to love him. But he does make it clear that it is impossible to not love him and maintain his right standing with God and the church. See, the Word of God is designed to bring us always, every service, the Word of God is designed to bring us to a place of tension, to a place of decision. Tension between where we are and where God desires for us to be. And often, especially in traditional apostolic churches, I like the hymn book songs too. I like them. I heard you clap about them. I know all the words to Jesus hold my hand. And I know how to sing the course the right way. And I know how to sing the, the repeat parts. I know the mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he. I know. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. But the world ain't hearing that on the radio. 
It ain't out there no more. You know what they're hearing? What we heard tonight. And you want to know what? We're trying to win them. Y'all can tell. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Y'all can tell right now I'm country as cornbread. Okay? I can't, I can't sing all of this stuff, but I like it. You know why? Because when people from the world come in, they got a connection right there. They got a connection, and they realize I can have a good time in the Lord, in the church. I don't have to be out there in the world. I feel something here that I like. And they can go flip on Caleb, and they can start hearing something that they connect with. And if you don't like it, come June the 13th. <laughs> and get your sing unto the Lord on. Yeah. Or Pentecostal praises on. Yeah. And when you get in my truck, you'll hear the cathedral quartet. <laughs> but I found out something. Jesus is coming. And he's coming soon. And there's a whole lot of Onesimuses that ran away because they didn't fit in. Because they didn't see somebody like them. Because they didn't feel like they were wanted. And the truth is they were probably useless. And they were probably causing trouble. And they were probably malcontents. And they were probably talking about everything they didn't like. But out there somewhere, Paul has got connected to them. And they're on their way back. And they're coming back to let us know that whosoever will really means whosoever will. They're coming back to show us and to re renew oh, and renew our faith in the power of God to change a life and there's something going to be stirred up inside of us and it's always been there it's always been there God doesn't need to give you more Holy Ghost he needs to lead us to the place of acknowledgement and realization that everything we need is already in there it's designed to bring us to a place of tension between where we are and where God wants us to be. And too often the tension is between the comfort of the status quo and the fulfillment of the will of God. In spite of Philemon standing with Jesus Christ and his leadership and even having been filled with the Holy Ghost, he was not able to lead Onesimus to life change. Because a combination of the hierarchy of his day and Onesimus' continued failure and the feelings. When Onesimus failed, the feelings that rose up in Philemon said, I knew there was a reason I was better than him. Until Onesimus shows up full of the Holy Ghost. And he has learned, he has learned to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And he has found his destiny. He has found his calling. God wasn't through working on Philemon. He wasn't through working on him. I feel like there's somebody here tonight. I feel like that it's a man you feel like you have more in common with the old Onesimus than you do 
with the new man. The ultimate question in this story isn't about Onesimus. Because if Philemon shuts him down, you know what he's going to do? He's going to put his suitcase over his shoulder. He's going to turn around and go back to the jailhouse. Because there's somewhere he's accepted. There's somewhere he's accepted. The ultimate question isn't about Onesimus, but it's about Philemon. Will you be changed? Will you be led of the Spirit into a change, a mind change, that will be first exhibited in your treatment of this one that failed you? I'm going to stop right here. I'm not sure how you close, but you told me people like to pray. Three or four years ago, God began to deal with me at our church. I have a, I pastored a church that was founded in 1931. This is our 90th year of existence. And in some cases, we've been doing the same thing since day one. And I don't like it. My grandparents started attending there in 1932, got the Holy Ghost. I'm the first of my family to pastor the church. Let me tell you something. You don't know what it's like to go pastor a church where they know everything about you that you ever done. Let me tell you right now, I got more whoopings at church than I did everywhere else combined. And mom and daddy sat on the front row, and when daddy took you out, he, he didn't wait till we got home. He took me out to the back, and he set my behind on fire, and then he made me walk all the way up the middle aisle. <laughs> Anybody else ever done that before? But the Lord moved on me, and he told me to tell our people, there's an area of revival you're not ready for. And I feel that same directive right now. The area of revival you're not ready for is when the Lord starts bringing your enemies to the house of God. When he starts bringing people you fell out with to the house of God. When he starts bringing people who have mistreated you to the house of God. People that have stole from you. People that have lied on you. We're not ready. And as soon as I preached it, it happened. I had two people come to me, left our church. And they said, Pastor, I can't get your sermon out of my mind, but I can't do this. Two of them, faithful people, good. They're not bad people. They're not bad people. They're not mean people. But they said, we can't do this. So I'm going to ask you tonight, this Wednesday night, I got one minute. Got one minute till the carriage turns back into a pumpkin. Do you want to be a part of this revival that's coming to liberty? Then you're going to have to get somewhere and you're going to have to stir up the gift of mercy and grace and restoration and forgiveness that's already in you. Anybody with one eye and half a brain can like people that like them back. But when somebody comes through, that mm, 
I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. When somebody comes through that door that you got scars on your soul from them, it's going to take somebody that's acknowledged that the Holy Ghost is in you, that the power of God is in you, that the same spirit that hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's in you. You know what, Brother Dornbach? Hell is not going to know what to do when some dear brother walks out of here and goes to the house of somebody that has offended you and hurt you and talked bad about you and everybody knows it. When you knock on the door and they open the door and your response is, I want you to know I love you. Hell doesn't know what to do with that because hell is used to us getting our feelings hurt and carrying them on our shoulder and hiding off in our little corner. And God forbid they invade my little paradise. But the Holy Ghost sent me to tell you that Onesimus is on his way back. And he's been changed. I struck, I struck oil in the Holy Ghost right then. I know very, 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 very little. I live in a different planet than you all do. I don't know nothing about this church, hardly at all. But I want you to know that I come tonight to tell you, to call you to acknowledge everything that is in you, in Him everything he is in you you think the devil I've been all afternoon praying and asking the Lord what is wrong with me I'm scared to death I'm nervous I'm intimidated I'm shaking I, 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 I read it and read it and read it and read it and it didn't make no sense because the devil don't want us acting like Jesus he likes us better when we act like him but the church is realizing you may have your mask on but we're taking our mask off and the Holy Ghost came through me tonight I even I even said to myself today man I don't know why he asked me to preach Every time I prayed, the Lord said, tell them about Philemon and Onesimus. Tell them about Philemon and Onesimus. Tell them about Philemon and Onesimus. And then I'm, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right because hell don't want us getting there. So I don't know anybody in this church, I don't think. I can't really see all of you. But I don't know anybody in this church. But I know that the tension has moved into the room. We've been brought to a place of tension where we're going to either surrender to the will and the word of God or we're going to keep go on and keep doing it our way. It's now time. Who will say, I believe there's more in me than what I've been showing. I believe there's some grace and some mercy in me that hasn't been tapped yet. And I've let my fear and I've let my, my traditions and I've let my friends 
hinder the work of God from rising up in me. Because there's going to be one song, and y'all may throw it up there on, I think it's the 13th. It's called the Old Time Religion. And you know what one verse of that says? Makes me love everybody. That is the devil's greatest fear, is we will begin to love people like Jesus loves them. And we'll begin to forgive people like Jesus forgave us. We know about the sinner. We know about the wino. We know about the weirdo. But I come tonight to tell you that your enemy's coming to church. And you have the ability, you have the power to be like Jesus in their life. Is there anybody that would like to just talk to the Lord for a minute and, and say, I want that. I want that. I need that. I'm looking for that. You know what? That's what's been missing in my life. Because I gave in to fear and I gave in to failure and I gave in to peer pressure. But I will be changed because I've got Jesus in me.